Hello and welcome to MindShift, a podcast about innovation from UCL School of Management. I'm Vaughn Tan, an innovation and strategy researcher focusing on how organizations can flourish and adapt in times of great uncertainty. In each episode, I'll speak to one of my colleagues from the diverse community here at the School of Management, and we'll look through the lens of their research to get insight into the rapidly shifting world of business today. Today, joining me is Paolo Tatiki. Paolo is a professor in strategy and sustainability and the deputy director of MBAs and global engagement here at the UCL School of Management. Paolo's research on sustainability networks and performance measurement is internationally recognized, and he's won multiple awards for his academic work, authored over 50 academic journal articles, and edited and co-authored four books. Paolo is recognized as one of the most influential Italians under the age of 40, and in 2018, he was awarded the Knight of the Order of Merit of the Italian Republic, and also named one of the top 40 under 40 business professors in the world by Poets and Quants. Paolo, before we deep dive on your research on sustainability and the future of cities, can you just introduce yourself and tell us about your research interests in general? Of course, uh, and it's a pleasure to be with you today. So as you said, I'm originally from Italy, and that's where I uh, started my uh, academic career. My PhD led me to, to the States uh, for a period, uh, and then about 10 years ago, I relocated uh, in, in London. I guess one way to describe myself is that I'm not a very classic uh, academic because uh, on one side, academia has been at the core of my professional career, but at the same time, uh, I, uh, I have started uh, a few companies uh, and I'm very active uh, in, in consulting. My research these days focuses on corporate sustainability, and I'm very passionate about researching and designing new frameworks and tools that companies can use to build more sustainable business models and strategies. Fantastic. Let's double-click, I guess, or zoom in on your work on the future of cities and sustainability. I think one of the concepts that you emphasize is this idea of corporate sustainability. Can you explain what that is and also tell us how it's different from more commonly understood concepts like corporate social responsibility and ESG? That's a very good good question. It became very clear to me a while ago that common definition and the common understanding of what sustainability in business is, uh, is necessary actually to address, uh, you know, sustainability in, in industry. And uh, kind of driven by this, uh, in my uh, last book that was uh, published in uh, early 2021, I decided to address this very issue. And I started by researching the literature and then I engaged uh, sustainability experts and practitioners uh, from uh, different countries in different uh, industries uh, and I asked them to define the sustainability for me. And what emerged uh, from, from this exercise uh, is that uh, modern corporate sustainability builds uh, on four key concepts. The first one is uh, purpose. Purpose is uh, a powerful uh, force for change and there is evidence from research that purpose-led companies have greater financial performance and purpose-led brands have the potential to establish longer customer relationships that you know, can increase the sales. The second important concept uh, is the concept of creating shared value, which is the idea of rethinking business models so economic value is created jointly to uh, societal value. And this idea idea of shifting from CSR-based approaches that primarily focus on reputation towards approaches where sustainability is fully integrated into decision-making and strategy. 
the third building concept uh, is the one of power sharing and uh, ESG factors used in decision making. So the objective, uh, you know, for companies and not only to give uh, a real voice to shareholders, but also to employees uh, and a variety of stakeholders that uh, have different interests uh, uh, you know, that represent also the planet and society. And this idea to use environmental, social and governance criteria at all the levels of decision making. And the last concept that is very important to describe modern corporate sustainability today is the concept of focusing on competitiveness. Corporate sustainability is something that, if approached correctly, it results in higher levels of competitiveness and profit. So building in, on these four concepts, uh, in my book, uh, I presented a new definition of corporate sustainability that basically says that corporate sustainability is an integral approach to business uh, aimed uh, at enhancing competitive positioning and uh, profitability through the sustained creation of shared value, co-creation practices with stakeholders, uh, and the integration of uh, ESG factors in decision-making. And these days, I'm inviting uh, companies uh, to reflect and consider this definition. That's really interesting. So it sounds like your conception of corporate sustainability is more holistic, it's broader based, it's more fully integrated, and also engages with a broader range of stakeholders. That's correct. I think that's very cool. Maybe one thing that would be really good is, could you share some concrete examples of how you're using this insight, this more, I guess, broad based definition of corporate sustainability in both your academic and your applied work? An organization I work with is uh, a medium-sized uh, pharmaceutical uh, uh, company in uh, in the UK, and uh, I started working with them about uh, two years ago. And this uh, company decided to basically develop uh, an ambitious sustainability uh, strategy in order to become uh, uh, more competitive in the market. Uh, with the you know, ultimate objective uh, to be recognized as a sustainability leader in this mass segment uh, of the market uh, in the UK. So when uh, we started you know, reflecting on this journey of change and transformation, and you know, when, when we started uh, this exercise, of uh, uh, designing uh, a sustainability strategy for this firm, we started uh, kind of reflecting uh, on uh, a number of initiatives that could have uh, improved the economic, environmental, uh, and uh, social performance of the organization, but in a way to kind of support also the competitive strategy of the firm. So we wanted these initiatives to really you know, help the company to develop a competitive advantage in the industry. And of of course, you know, one of the initiatives that uh, we activated uh, was uh, the one uh, of uh, assessing the carbon performance of the organization and the you know, design uh, of, uh, of a carbon strategy. Now, when we started uh, this work, I believe this uh, company was uh, probably one of uh, the few engaged uh, in this uh, type of exercise uh, in this mass segment in the UK. And what is interesting is the NHS uh, announced uh, a very uh, aggressive, ambitious sustainability strategy. They wanted to become the first net zero public health provider in the world. And this means that they are also setting a very rigid 
different uh, objectives for suppliers. Uh, so they announced that by 2025, uh, all the suppliers of the NHS uh, should uh, have a carbon assessment and uh, a carbon strategy. So this was a kind of really good news for this company, but uh, many companies in, in the same industry are panicking uh, to, because they are not ready and it takes time to engage with this you know, type of change and transformation. So this is, uh, I guess, the, the type of uh, point uh, I'm making with this example uh, is that, that when it comes to sustainability, you have uh, companies with different behaviors. You have uh, companies that try to be first movers and they, they try to develop a competitive advantage uh, out of sustainability positioning. And then you have uh, some companies that follow uh, and uh, some companies, uh, I guess, that still struggle to understand uh, what sustainability is, uh, why transformation is needed uh, and, and what type of change uh, uh, is needed. Another example uh, is, uh, is a recent paper that was uh, published and, and was looking uh, at the sustainability of uh, racing uh, circuits in motorsport. And I was involved uh, in uh, uh, basically uh, in, in that research uh, and uh, I helped a number of uh, practitioners to design a ranking uh, methodology for basically assessing the sustainability of racing circuits. That work uh, not only received a lot of attention in industry. But what is uh, interesting to me is that the sustainability now is uh, touching uh, industries or segments uh, that, uh, I guess, uh, are not the classic ones, <laughs> like, uh, like motorsports. So you, can, I mean, you, you, you really see a spreading of sustainability uh, everywhere. What you're saying, it echoes a lot of the thinking, which is very current at the moment, which is that the direction of travel is not only that Sustainability broadly is something that companies need to do from a moral perspective, but also from a compliance perspective, from an economic performance perspective, from a competitive perspective, it's also going to become more and more something which is essential to do. I think one of the things that I know you're doing is you're also uh, designing a new module on corporate sustainability for uh, UCL's MBA program. Can we talk a little bit about that? Can you tell us a little bit about how students are responding to that? Absolutely. Actually, I'm happy to say that uh, I completed uh, designing the module. The module is ready. So we, uh, I designed the module called Corporate Sustainability and Competitive Advantage. And uh, I think uh, personally that, uh, you know, this topic uh, is uh, genuinely key for the education uh, of managers and executives uh, today. And uh, in, in this module, uh, I uh, basically uh, touch uh, on a number of uh, important topics uh, that related to sustainability, but you know, really from a strategy perspective. So uh, we start, uh, you know, discussing the drivers of the sustainability debate, uh, you know, what are the risks, for example, uh, that companies uh, try to manage with corporate sustainability strategies, uh, what are the opportunities that they can uh, uh, explore. We then uh, move uh, to, you know, how do you design uh, a business case uh, for, for a corporate sustainability strategy and investments in this field. Uh, and then we, we cover a number of uh, uh, topics that are relevant for the execution of corporate sustainability strategies. So we move from design to implementation, and that's when we touch, for example, on change management for sustainability, or we speak about sustainable supply chain management, or we touch, for example, on sustainability-oriented innovation and the strategic use of reporting. 
the module is uh, is designed to be uh, really interactive and uh, experiential and i guess uh, an innovative element of the design of this module is that uh, i engaged uh, uh, four uh, senior practitioners uh, in the design so the uh, head of sustainability at santander the head of uh, sustainability at bayer the head of sustainability at petronas uh, and the head of sustainability at enel they basically every week uh, comment uh, on the topics uh, I introduce uh, to students. So what is nice is that every week uh, students get to learn from me in a more theoretical way, and then they are exposed to real practice uh, and the perspectives of different experts working in different uh, industries. And I think that is uh, particularly valuable because uh, sustainability is also industry-specific. So it's important to develop an appreciation of these uh, you know, peculiarities of, of different industries. I think that's really interesting, especially getting senior practitioners who are in different industries to, I guess, share their perspectives on the same issue or question, but coming from a very sort of domain-specific perspective. I think that's really, really cool. Can you tell us why, in your opinion, it's so important for especially business education to contain a sustainability module or sustainability content? I mean, why is it actually so comparatively rare <laughs> to have this kind of thing if it's so important? Yeah, that, that's a very good question. Uh, we are aware today that, uh, you know, our planet is at risk uh, and, and the type of capitalism we have uh, built over the last century is not working for society today. So simply put, uh, the ways in which we used to do business or approach business uh, are no longer sustainable. And to be honest, this type of thinking is, is relatively new. I'm not that old. And when I started my MBA about 15 years ago, in a, in a one-year program, not a single time, the word sustainability was mentioned to me. <laughs> and today, if you are a school like UCL School of Management, you know, accredited by the Association of MBAs, it is mandatory for you to integrate the sustainability in the MBA curriculum. So I guess that's a great example of, you know, the type of change in, in 15 years. The one real challenge that we, we see today in industry, it's uh, explaining why at times a change is not happening at the speed that we need, is that uh, unfortunately, the current, uh, very often, generation of decision makers, senior executives in industry, they didn't uh, receive you know, business education that was uh, highlighting the sustainability problems. So they don't know what sustainability is, they don't fully appreciate the, the need for change uh, or uh, you know how do you achieve a sustainable transformation so the role of a business schools today is very very important because we are uh, educating the next generation of leaders in business and society and we want them to be aware of sustainability problems and we want them to take decisions in the future that will lead us to a better type of business, uh, a better type of capitalism, and uh, a better, uh, I guess, uh, quality of life for society and, and you know, a, a better planet. So I think uh, our role uh, is uh, really key in the context of a sustainable development of society. So I think if I hear you correctly, the idea is that business affects the world a lot. And if we teach the people who are going to be doing business in the future 
how to think about the trade-offs that they have to make in order to both do business, but also do business in a way that's more sustainable. That's why sustainability in business education is important because it's a high impact vector. Exactly. I mean, b- business uh, is very often, uh, you know, pointed uh, as, uh, you know, part of the problem. And because of that can be also part of the solution. Absolutely. It's going to be very difficult to make the argument that this concept of growth as a thing that is good in itself, which is the underpinnings of a lot of business thinking, both theoretically and also practically, is that, is that compatible with sustainability? That's a very good, uh, a very good question. Uh, I guess when you look at certain uh, industries, for example, you know, fashion, we we basically see some business models. For example, fast fashion that definitely push in the direction of a type of consumism that is not sustainable. So I don't believe that, you know, we can encourage a growth forever, for example, in that type of context. But it's also important to say that a key concept in corporate sustainability is the objective of decoupling sustainability impacts from growth. So this is, for example, what an organization like Unilever has tried to do in in the past decade and it's basically at the core of its agenda for the next decade. They basically wanted to grow the business significantly. They wanted to double the size of the business, in fact. But they wanted to do it in a way that their environmental and social impact don't kind of grow equally. And in fact, their objective is to significantly reduce their impacts over time. So I guess sustainability is not necessarily a concept in you know, full opposition to growth. I believe, you know, growth uh, is important for business, uh, but what we what we want to make sure is that uh, growth of business is not associated to growth of negative uh, impacts. That's the problem. Let's talk about something which I think is also of great personal interest to me, which is your work on smart cities. And just to start, could you explain, because I think many people may not be really familiar with the details of what it is, explain what is a smart city? There isn't probably common definition. There are probably many definitions of what a smart city is. But I guess these definitions, what they have in common is that they point to a number of characteristics that hopefully we are going to see in, in future cities. One is, and that's probably why the word smart is used, is that we are looking at an intelligent use of data and technology. So the idea is to use data and technology to understand the real time the needs of citizens, the evolving needs of different subsystems of a city, so as to be able to adapt real-time the services offered to citizens by the city. So it's coming really about using data and technology to analyze the demand to basically create the right offer. 
Okay. There is a second key concept that is, uh, of course, uh, the one of sustainability. This means a city that is able to uh, use energy, for example, uh, in an efficient way, cities that are able to use water in an efficient way, cities that are built uh, using the materials uh, that are you know, recycled and recyclable. So there is a concept there of you know, a circular economy of cities, which is part of the future of cities. What is a very, very important, uh, and this is uh, something I would like to stress, uh, is that when we speak about the smart cities, uh, the ultimate objective of a smart city is to improve the quality of life of citizens. So when we, when we, for example, look at, uh, I don't know, urban tech innovation, you know, it is extremely, extremely important that we are not uh, searching innovation for the sake of innovation. We are basically, I guess, uh, developing innovation uh, to improve the quality of life of citizens. Uh, so that is, uh, is extremely important. Why this is relevant? Because more than uh, half of the population of the world today lives in cities. The, proje- the projection is that 70% of the, popul- of the world population is going to live uh, in urban areas by 2050. Uh, many large cities uh, are in coastal areas, and this means that they are particularly subject to the impacts of a changing climate. And also important to, to say that uh, cities uh, are at the core of our economies. When you look at where where you know, GDP growth is created, uh, is created in urban areas. So getting uh, cities right and rethinking the cities uh, is really key to basically get right our future. Superb. I know you already said this, but I would love for you to go a little bit deeper into this. There is a clear sense in which the smart city that you have described or the type of smart city that you've described will benefit us at a social level, right? Because resource use relative to the number of people in the city will presumably go down. It'll be more efficient and more effective. And you also said something which I thought was really important, uh, which is that the ultimate objective of building a smart city is to ensure that the quality of life of the individual living in the city goes up. I think one of the things that is also sort of an implicit issue with smart cities is that if a city is able to be more responsive and also sustainable to the people living in it, because it is gathering data about them and able to use that data and process it and respond in real time. Are there privacy implications to smart cities? What are your thoughts about the data privacy implications of smart cities? You definitely touched a very sensitive problem uh, in in the smart city uh, debate. And actually, there is more than that. Uh, It's not only the problem uh, of data privacy is also the problem uh, of uh, cybersecurity. Because basically, in order to uh, gather data, you need uh, to install uh, sensors uh, uh, and technology of all kinds. And uh, uh, cities become very vulnerable uh, systems. So there is a a cybersecurity problem there that uh, many city leaders are scared of. And then there is the data privacy problem. Now, I guess uh, a huge amount of innovation we we see in a number of industries today is making uh, use of, of data. 
that we give to you know companies and firms in different ways uh, at times uh, you know we, we know that we are giving them data at times we don't and probably that's the problem but i i guess this is a, is a, is a real problem and not only in the context of cities but in the in the context of a number of uh, of industries the question is are, are where we are on on getting uh, this right and my probably very personal answer is that we are still pretty far from getting this right i i think there is a matter of privacy i think there is a matter of the ethical use of data and i think also there is you know the commercial value of data that is not necessary today, I guess, organized uh, in, in the right way. So I, I think, you know, this is a classic uh, innovation uh, problem. You know, you have a business uh, evolving uh, uh, faster than regulation. And this means that uh, then you are in the situation where, you know, regulations, for example, in the context of cities, uh, are you know, asked to play catch up with, with, with the challenge uh, that, uh, you know, you are looking at, uh, you know, this happening in different cities, in different countries, completely different, uh, you know, policies. And uh, I think at a certain point, we will need uh, some kind of uh, standards, you know, controlling uh, data privacy in, in this type of context. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with your, I mean, I I. I did not mention it, but you mentioned it, this issue of cybersecurity creating cities that may be more sustainable, they may be more responsive to the needs of their inhabitants, but they're also more vulnerable to compromise, right? Uh, whether yeah. it's an intentional compromise or just you get an overly complex system that has interactions that can no longer be predicted and then something interesting happens that's un- unexpected. I think that could be a, a major concern as well. In relation to this sort of standard for data and ethical use of data in the context of smart cities. I think one interesting possibility, and this is where business comes in, is that a lot of the infrastructure providers and software layer providers in the smart cities space are private industries, right? So it it is actually interesting that you have lots of cities that may be trying to become smart, but the number of providers of the tools that will help them become smart is actually relatively small. And then I think the question becomes, what kind of regulation can you impose that is not national or regional, but it's instead on the service providers themselves. That's something which we definitely don't have any infrastructure or framework for doing at the moment. Yeah, I I, I think you are uh, absolutely uh, right. Uh, And uh, I guess one element uh, of complexity that you often recognize uh, in the context, for example, of urban tech innovation is that uh, the urban tech uh, ecosystem is really a mix uh, of large corporations, uh, startups, public organizations that need to come together in order to support these innovation processes. Now, the challenge they have typically is that they speak completely different languages and they approach business quite differently. And therefore, you know, collaboration very often is not easy, but is key for success. So, for example, uh, one of the reasons why I uh, started uh, looking into this topic of cities, you know, coming from a business school and and not, uh, you know, a school of urban studies, I guess, is that uh, I recognized that that, uh, topics like 
public-private partnerships that are you know, key for the future of cities uh, are very often not taught in business schools these days. So you study an MBA and you learn nothing about you know, how to build a successful public-private partnerships. And that's kind of, you know, that started getting my, uh, my attention. And at a certain point, I started you know, designing uh, workshops and modules uh, with a focus on, uh, on, on cities, uh, but really coming from uh, a business school perspective. And uh, I think something uh, that is very interesting to me is that very often when you speak up, uh, you know, with city leaders, they tell you that today they see a skills gap when it comes to, you know, having uh, the right people in business to drive uh, change for smarter cities uh, or, you know, the, the, the right education of city leaders. So again, uh, I think there is uh, here an opportunity for uh, business schools, schools of management, of course, to contribute uh, to this uh, type of uh, change and transformation, which is uh, associated to a huge amount of opportunities for business. So before I let you go, Paolo, uh, I have a final question. What do you think is the next industry or sector in which sustainability is going to become really, really important? I probably uh, think that uh, fashion is, uh, is an industry to, to watch out because uh, fashion is, a, is an industry with real uh, sustainability problems because of, uh, you know, very often the global uh, supply chains and, you know, the problems, uh, for example, associated to uh, working conditions in developing countries. So in uh, the recent years, uh, many, you know, big brands in uh, fashion have been uh, under attack because of their, you know, sustainability performance. So I believe uh, that uh, this decade uh, is going to be uh, a bit of a revolution for the fashion uh, textile uh, uh, industry. And the sustainability is uh, going to be associated to survival for some companies. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Uh, and maybe in, in 10 years time, we should have another podcast uh, to discuss where the fashion industry is. Yeah, for sure. Okay, fantastic. Thanks for joining us today. You've been listening to MindShift, a podcast about innovation from UCL School of Management. Today's guest was Paolo Tatiki, and we'll put links to their research in the show notes. This episode was presented by myself, Vaughn Tan, edited by Karis Bradley, and produced by UCL School of Management. If you'd like to hear more of these podcasts, please subscribe to MindShift on your favorite podcasting platform.